Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks and hacks for a way to live better. Take two after I forgot to press the record button. Schoolboy error. But it happens, it happens. Right. Oh, I've got a second bite of the cherry here. Emma Maynou. Yay! Yay! There you go. I got yeah. it right all along. See, there you yeah. go. That's the beauty of the uh, the tinternet and recording. So Emma has joined me on the show today. I'm super excited about it. We met um, a few weeks ago at um, uh, an event that Emma actually arranged at the Soho House Group to talk about uh, well-being. I was in particular talking about uh, behavioural change around alcohol. And we got chatting and realised that our stories are very similar. And Emma set up this amazing website. It's just it's a piece of art called Surviving Sundays. Um, we'll come to that a bit later on. But I just thought it'd be great to get her on the show um, and have you share a bit of your story about how you came to the website and what you're trying to do in the world right now. Yeah, and as I said in the first time when the camera was <laughs> podcast was recording, I was saying, and I think it's really important and very true, is that there is definitely a movement at the moment. It's going beyond conversation. It's becoming people taking action, creating platforms like yours. But what's nice about it is that we all seem to be helping each other. We're all saying, right, there's a thing here. Why don't I connect you with this person? Or would you like to be a part of this event? And it's all quite selfless, which to me really says that we all care about the people that we're trying to support and um, inspire and encourage more than we do our own brands or our own kind of personal mission. Yeah, well said. And I think that is the nature of... of where we are in this this yeah. area it's because we want to share you know there's yeah. just something isn't it I, I could never put my finger on it but five years ago when I first gave up alcohol and started to get all these amazing um this transformation in my own life there was just this thing inside me that just kept saying I just want to share this with people I just want to tell other people about this thing I had no idea how that was going to manifest into to one you know beer it was just I can't quite put yeah. my finger on it and I think it's something that probably everyone in this little sphere and we did touch on this it's so small it's way too small for the, the problems that we're up against but there's just that sense of just want to give something back because you know we've had this personal transformation and you yeah. can see it can't you when you meet people you know like yeah. yourself and even the people that we got t- together the other night there's just something different something that just like wants to get out there and, and help people and I think that that makes it extra special yeah and I think you're sharing your truth ultimately so yeah. you know mine has been coming from a place that wasn't good getting to a better place and you know I'm not a professional I'm not a therapist but I'm sharing my lived experience and the things that have helped me you've got on that next level of going right you know what worked for you but you've done all the training you've got all the professional skills and abilities now to be able to coach others and to do that with you know evidence and research and the skills to do that so you know it is a small community of us but I think one person on the bus telling the next person their own story and sharing their experience is also helpful. The more conversation we can have around drinking or addiction or depression, um, the less of a culture of stigma that there is. Oh, absolutely. And when it's coming from real people, yeah, you know, people that you know others can identify with, it makes yeah. a difference rather than someone up on a pedestal or the government or the yeah. GP. It's someone who looks a bit like them, who's going through similar things. Yeah. 
similar experiences and then it's way more powerful and as you say the best and we say this you know every morning no beer the best thing you could ever possibly do if you want to influence those people that you love is just be happy healthy vibrant and in our case alcohol free because that spreads you know people pick up on on that vibe and it does influence people and whether it's the same around mental health it's the same you know around fitness and exercise and all these things the best thing you can do is to first and foremost look after yourself and that radiates outwards which is super super powerful I think what we're talking about here is authenticity. So, you know, without making that too kind of corny a phrase, it's literally about being truthful to yourself. And if you're masking that with whatever it is, or, you know, in my case, I was for years hiding the fact that I wasn't quite okay. I wasn't being authentic. And that in itself, whatever you're hiding from will come and get you in the end in one way or another, I believe. So stepping forward and telling the truth even if it's to yourself in the mirror or to a therapist, is the way to kind of give yourself some freedom, I think, and a better life. So true. And again, when you remove the alcohol for a lot of people, you get to rediscover that authentic self that is you. You know, And, and yeah. I think a lot of people are either not comfortable with that or they've forgotten, simply forgotten like who they were all those years. I certainly used you know, alcohol as a sort of booze cloak into extroversion. Yeah. And it took, away, it took it away and realized actually I'm, I'm quite introverted, but I love it. I love being introverted and I love understanding it and having made peace with the fact I don't have to be that guy anymore. I don't have to be leading the charge. I don't have to be the guy up front. I can just settle into any social occasion and love it because I just have a little chat around the volivants. I don't have to be out <laughs> <laughs> on the anymore. You know, yeah. and I think there is something really empowering in that as well, that authenticity. And then that's a really keyword and I think a lot of the things that people turn to are often exactly that to mask um maybe something that's that's lying beneath but let's let's dig a bit deeper into your story I'm fascinated to hear more yeah so um I started survivingsundays.com I launched it in in February this year and, and essentially it was just a place for me I've always liked to write I always wrote a diary and um, over one holiday, I wrote a series of stories that kind of documented my recovery from a breakdown that I'd had six years ago. And I put them there in February. So the story around my breakdown is that I'd worked in, you know, the corporate world at a certain level. I was at board level. I'd worked in some fashion brands at very senior level, had a lot of budgets, team responsibility. Um, and when you're kind of in any job, but I guess the more senior I went, the more I felt I had to be a certain way. And I wanted to show up for my team and show up for myself. I was hiding a lot of things that had been going on with me for quite some time. So I knew that I was emotional. I knew that I could often feel quite down, but there were things in my past that I hadn't dealt with. And as time went by, like you, I was always like the most fun, lively person at the party, high kicking my way round often that would follow with a really big low or crying my way home in the Uber, singing badly, you know, feeling lonely. Um, But ultimately, six years ago, there was a moment when that low-lying kind of heavy cloud really became to mean something more when I had a breakdown. So the breakdown is difficult and it's it's different for everybody. It looks different for, for everybody. All I will say to you is on the worst days, getting to the bathroom was a chore lying in bed knowing I was hungry but I couldn't get to the kitchen to eat or even sometimes having no appetite or being 
the most tired person yet the moment I went to bed I just couldn't sleep and at that time just through the set of circumstances I was moving to America with my partner I'd given up my job so I was out of work you know had I been in work at that time I do believe I would have been signed off because I was just not able to function and I was probably in that state between there either being in bed or able to kind of leave the house but not really wanting to interact for a good couple of months two three months um I entered therapy I got help from a doctor and that's really work you know when you start something like therapy to go and sit with somebody and talk about these things that you've hidden and you don't understand why your body's reacting the way it is is a big thing so I charted the small steps that I was able to take the fact that Sundays were the worst day of the week for me it was the day I felt the most alone when I got back into work it was the day of the week when I feared the week ahead the most. And today it's my favorite day of the week. And so for me, the journey of something from worst to best says a lot about hope and survival and the way that with small steps, you know, it started off with a walk in the park. I had people in my life who just couldn't be around anybody. And I started to walk one day, got a coffee, just walked one hour, two hours, three hours. I thought I'll do that again next weekend. And then that became, you know, a day in a cafe on my own having some lunch where I was previously mortified about being seen in public on my own and all the things that went with that then I might go to the cinema and bit by bit I built this confidence um and so surviving Sundays started as that place for me to share the things I'd learned but as I went into the world and started to tell people that this blog was coming about other people said well Emma I can't believe it like the way you look the, the jobs you've had you know I worked on a government project that saw me in 10 Downing Street for many months in one year, well-presented, holding big meetings with huge global brands, people at senior level, while I was on the way into this breakdown. And um, firstly, the fact that they couldn't believe it, to me, was saying, right, okay, we're really good at presentee culture. We're really good at showing a face that isn't real. That's not helpful. Secondly, we're just not talking enough because some of these people that were telling me about their mental illness could have been as small as well I've got a meeting tomorrow and I've got to say a few words and they've got this voice in their heads going well I sound stupid well that overthinking that anxiety is one thing through to people who have got addiction you know drug addiction sex addiction porn addiction phone addiction alcohol all these things are manifestations of things we're not dealing with so I then said well why don't you start telling your stories and so now we have a section called your stories where other people write What then fell out of that was that I would get a lot of people reaching out to me saying, can you help? And unlike yourself, I'm not a trained professional. And I felt a duty of care to not just have a number there. It would be like to call this charity to be able to offer somehow some support. So now we have um, a therapist. We have a hypnotherapist. We have um, yoga and mindfulness teachers. We're bringing in a sleep coach in the new year to be able to offer, you know, written pieces um and from that we have an Instagram where it's more active very funny um and we have events in the real world so that's kind of what it is and what it serves to do and so far it's going really well oh I love it and it looks as, as I said right start it just looks beautiful it's stylish you know it's attractive just to be a part of and just to hear that backstory is really interesting because I didn't realize that about the Sundays but I'll often do live posts on a Saturday and a Sunday and say to everyone like use this as your barometer because I think it is the weekends when you can really notice the difference as well. You know, I think you can notice a difference if there's a, a, an improvement 
in your life and we see it around alcohol the time it's a similar sort of thing because for me the weekends similar sort of thing were ironically the worst day of the week because I just feel awful and then there'd be that sense of regret sense of shame because I wasn't on my A game and I've got beautiful young kids that want to play with their dad and you know I'm hiding under the covers just don't want to come out and face the world I'm like this is all wrong when it should have been exactly that day of celebration this is my my day away from work and my, my own story not similar to yours was that of reclaiming I guess in some ways the weekends because then I started to notice that I had the energy in that time and then you know there was that tangible difference between one Saturday over over the next and it's just just fantastic to hear a similar story how you pieced it back together yeah I mean what I had to start doing for myself like I drink now and I'm actively about to take up your challenge in January like we've spoken about that but alcohol for me has been that, I call it the thief in the night. You know, at the time you think it's the thing that's helping you. And I had to in that very difficult time and during my period of recovery for at least a year, like tonight I will stay home. I never drink on a Friday because sometimes depending on what we're going through, you know, all bets are off on where that's going to go. There's then no yoga on a Saturday. There's no walks on a Sunday. I'm unable to do the things that I want to do. I'm down and then Monday's around the corner. So alcohol just stopped being a thing on my weekends. Um, And I definitely would be able to see when I stopped drinking that I'm sitting with more emotion and perhaps some of the reasons why I would want to suppress that became quite apparent. Yeah, so there's a wonderful um, guy in our space called Gabor Mate. He's got a lovely book called In the Realm of the Hungry Ghost. And he's got this saying that I always pick up on. It's um, not not why the problem, why the pain. Yeah. And that's basically what you're you're saying there. I think it's that people turn to alcohol, they turn to their phones, to porn, to whatever it is, to yeah. mask, I think, some sort of underlying pain. And then what we often find is when you remove the alcohol, which was the solution, right, in yeah. some ways, albeit, you know, um, a solution that ends up being its own problem, often that pain is still there, you know, and it starts to resurface. And I think that's really important that for people then they have a chance to manage it with uh, a clear head for the first time in a long time and to be proactive around it and own, you know, the process around making that change because it's really difficult for a lot of people because they've basically been self-medicating, I think, um, away this emotional pain yeah. for so long using this thing that's legal, readily yeah. available and saluted and encouraged. Yeah, the only drug we have to apologise for uh, not taking, right? Yeah. You know? It's sort of nuts. And then people often find themselves in the situation when they do remove it, it's like, well, uh, you know what next so I think that's why your initiatives and talking and telling stories is so super important because I think when people reach that place it's like right to feel comfortable enough to say actually underneath all of that facade I'm just really maybe I'm depressed or maybe I'm anxious or maybe I'm in an unhappy marriage and to have the confidence to yeah. talk about that and I think something you touched upon for me is the aesthetic of the site and the imagery that I choose and the way that I choose it and the way like today's quite a funny video on Instagram is I always wanted it to feel when I looked for places, because when I was out there looking at things that might um, appeal to me that were on this topic, um, they either felt really serious. There's some quite dark stuff out there in this space, to be honest with you. And I'm sure you might've read about some of these sites that are encouraging some like quite negative and quite risky behaviors for people that aren't, you know, in full mental health. Um, so there was some quite dark stuff. Um, some of it was felt very kind of like charity led, which is great. But then obviously 
there wasn't much of an editorial voice or there, there wasn't a lot of humor. It's quite factual. So I wanted it to feel like having a cup of tea with a biscuit in the lounge with your friends and you would cry, you would probably tell your truth and you would definitely be laughing at some point. So it's a real mix of things that are a little bit saucy, a little bit funny, always true. Um, and I think that's why people have come to it and said, you know, if, if you have a particular mental health issue for which you need real resources and real support, there are many of those out there. I try and cover all kinds of things, but the real message is in letting people that whatever they're going through, they're not alone. Yeah, that is that is the genius of it. I think it's that support. And again, it's the thing that we see time and time again. People realise ah, it's not just me. I'm not the only one. Because I think there is a sense at times yeah. that it, it is all on you and I'm the only person who's struggling a bit with alcohol and no no one understands. And the truth is, a lot of the time, people don't understand until you find a, a community or a group such as Surviving Sundays or One You Know Beer and you come together and then you immerse yourself in it and go, oh, their story is almost identical to mine. I mean, again, with One You Know Beer, you could line up all the stories and so many of them look very similar and I'm sure it's it's the same on Surviving Sundays and there's so much I think encouragement and comfort in the fact that there's other people going through the same thing as you and you're not alone and that in itself I think is is super super powerful but it's often missed out on some of the more formal structured like interventions yeah. as it were which feel a bit cold. Yeah and I think there's a, it's like a wedge you know um, mental illness there will be uh, times when we need full um governed support for what we're going through and I've certainly been in that place and my site is by no means that place to give you a diagnosis or you know to counsel you but there's a collection of stories from men women you know from all walks of life who are talking about the things that they've been through whether that's the loss of a loved one mm. or whether it's a breakdown at work or whether it's alcohol or drug abuse childhood trauma borderline personality disorder Whatever you're going through, knowing that there is somebody else under the same sky, they could be in a different place, struggling today. For me, there's real strength in that. And your guy, like I follow you guys on Facebook and I've been having this on-off dialogue with myself about alcohol for as long as I can remember, right? I'm from Manchester in the 90s. I think I drank a bit, right? <laughs> you know, I think I did. And, um, you know, my consciousness is I kind of care more about my mental health I'm very aware of the impact of alcohol on my life. When I'm in a good place, how it feels. When I'm in a bad place, how it feels. And I'm starting to think, what if I'm just not drinking? And I don't mean this four weeks that I usually do before I go on a bikini holiday, you know, because I want to look good. I mean, mentally looking at the impact for longer on my mind and on my life is, is something I'm, I'm determined to do. But when I see your Facebook threads, again, it feels quite conversational, like my blog, in that, you know, you're not saying we are um, drinkaware.com um, or .co.uk. You're not saying, you know, but it is a campaign for an alcohol-free alcohol -free life. And the stories of real people. And, you know, there are people saying, I just got quite into having a glass of wine with my husband. Tick. Like, I could, I could relate to that, drink with a friend each night. Then there's the guy that's at the bottom of some stairs. And he, you know, all of those things is a thread of truth that can appeal to swathes of people, I think. No yeah. matter the story. Somebody else, you know, your own connecting with somebody else's, I guess. Uh, yeah, and that's what you're trying to do through stories because stories are yeah. so powerful. I think since time began, you know, humans 
have interacted via story and metaphor, and it's really powerful. And that's again what some of the former formal structure stuff misses out on because it misses out on you know the, the real life behind the scenes, as it were, that people can really connect with, and then they see something that aligns with their type of lifestyle or their type of background, and then instantly there's that connection. Ah, this must be a place, or I'm comfortable in this space. And we always say, you know, when you come into one, you know, beer, for example. You know, you've got this crowd, this community that totally get it. Like you can share anything in there, right? Because everyone understands. No one's judging you because they've all been through yeah. it. Whereas yeah. As soon as you step outside that bubble, especially around alcohol, everyone drinks. Let's be honest. There's not many people that don't drink. My, all my social circles still yeah, drink. Yeah, I do. You know, it's I just, think that's going to be my biggest uh, challenge, actually. That's yeah. the thing where I find now when I don't drink, I've already done five weeks this year, I, but I virtually had to stay in all the time or hang out with friends of mine I have a few friends that are in recovery spend time with them which is great you know they've been living lives that are alcohol free going out and having fun but that I am a bit like how can I when I do this I'm sure we'll talk about this another time but then want to go out and have fun and like date and party completely sober I know well part two of that how you'll date you'll have to listen to the podcast with Dahlia oh, yeah, yes. that's, that's exactly what we talk about is uh I guess alcohol-free dating yeah as it were. she's got some great tips around that so I'll let Dahlia cover that side but but I think ultimately it is a mindset shift it is a bit of a reframe that there's nothing to give up and everything to gain and actually just trying something new throwing yourself into the action and actually making peace with yourself that it will be different and I think that's a, a you know an error in some ways that, that people often make. There's an assumption, right? I'm going to go back into my social life, and it's going to be exactly the same. But I'm not going to be tipsy or drunk, and it's not right because when you're tipsy or drunk, you, you feel differently. The world looks different because you're you know intoxicated mm. in one form or another. Whereas when you're not, the world does seem a bit differently. So I think there's an element of making peace with that that things will change but they just get so much better. And then suddenly conversations are richer and you'll notice things about the nights that actually are not really that fun anymore, that you you thought were fun once, but they're not so much fun and you'll start to enjoy different parts of the evening. Like I did, the first two or three hours are great. And then if everyone's on a bit of a big one, I tend to duck out when it gets a bit messy because they're on a different planet, right? And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, actually, do you know what? I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to go for a blast. I'm going to have a run. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be even more social the following day when I know that group are all going to be in pieces the next day. Yeah. Going to be out of action. So even though it feels like I'm just slicing off a piece of social life at the top, I'm actually gaining so much more the following yeah. day. But it's then not- you are really, and one thing I've noticed with your community, I don't know if this is, something I may be wrong about your community look like a really fit group of people like they all look like triathletes (laughs) or is that like something everybody starts doing when they do your thing you're always in your fitness gear and I'm a bit like when I start doing this will I be one of those people in the forest on a bike like absolutely like that's what happens (laughs) (laughs) do you know what that sort of works it works great because some people go brilliant that's what I want to do and then other people go hold on a minute I'm on day 90 and I'm not over the woods yet you know why am yeah. I not bouncing around over the woods why am yeah. I not you know why haven't I yeah. lost six stone in weight and that, you know all that sort of stuff um and I think that boils back down and it's a really interesting comment because I think that boils down to what lies beneath I think a lot of people then suddenly there's issues and, and whatnot that, that need to be addressed 
that, that bubble up as part of their alcohol-free adventure. So everyone's route in and out is very different. But on the whole, we absolutely encourage the whole exercise thing, right? Because it's the number one well-being pill. It feeds some of that free time that you get. Because when you go alcohol-free, that's exactly right. You get all that time back. And there is that moment on a Saturday night when you lose, leave the group because they're all gone bananas. Yeah. And you all sort of, I think, have that sense of, all right, well, I'm going to get up on a Sunday morning and I'm going to go and do something that I would never normally have done, i.e. exercise. is just such a tangible yeah. reward that you know there's no way in a million years you would have been up going for a run on a Sunday morning had you been out till silly o'clock. So I think it just feeds the the mindset that actually you know your world's getting a bit brighter and a bit busier so i reckon you will be over the woods bouncing around in the gym kit within no time but you know it's just a different way of I'm life also choosing a good time of year i mean i wanted to ask you obviously it's christmas and new year now so for people who are like going to be in the first phase i did think about trying to start this challenge in december and then i just i just knew i feel i would fail but like those events are going to change, right? There's pressure from the people that you sit with. Why are you not having a drink? Or like, yeah. cheers, or Happy New Year, or it's Christmas. Like, what was it like for you the first time? Yeah, I mean, I think I stopped in Feb, funny enough. So right. I had quite a good run-up um, <laughs> December. But for me, being you know, a broker in the city, I was never, I was probably always a week away from a big social event. It wasn't right. like I locked myself away for a month. So every time I would stop, would probably have been a few days I'd be out of clients and the clients would expect me to yes. entertain them by drinking. So I had lots of false starts. I had lot, you know, and I'm quite open about it. I had every stumble and fumble and made every mistake in the alcohol-free book because exactly I was thrown into the action and then someone would twist my rubber arm and then I'd learn from it, you know, prepare for next time. And eventually I sort of cracked it after a few false starts. And I think that's a really key part about what our message as well. It's not about being perfect necessarily first time out of the traps there might be a few stumbles and fumbles and blips along the way but the key is you're gaining momentum the key is you're learning and growing stronger and it might not be jam that you're perfectly alcohol free it might not be feb but maybe it's march maybe it's april right. then maybe you do 90 days without a drink and actually you get to the end of that and go do you know what i'm going to keep going or maybe you go back to it but your whole relationship's changed with alcohol at that stage and it's something that you do on occasions rather than that mindless sort of yeah for every celebration and whatnot. yeah yeah but it does it does take time and december is is so difficult because the social pressure is intense like it's insane and you touched on it right at the start you know alcohol is the only drug in the world let's call it what it is that people berate you when you try and give it up you're boring what's up with you you know i've got one friend who like often will say to me let's meet for a drink at the end of the day and I'm like, mm, sometimes, you know, I go through these moments. I have a month a year probably when I go on quite a big green juice moment. I'm like, no, oh, come on, come on, come on. And then I meet and every time, you know, that will be the day that I have a drink because she wants yeah. to. Yeah, and it's and I think what happens as well, especially because most of us have come from an environment where we were known as people that like to party or people yeah, that exactly. like drink. So people can't get their head around that. So suddenly they almost... There's an element that they want to go out with you or with me. Yeah. It's actually secret. They just want to drink. And they know you're a great partner in yes. to bring along. So suddenly you go, well, I'm not drinking. It's like, oh, well, that's just, you just basically ruined my fun as well. You know, yes. that sort of pressure. And that takes, a, you know, that takes a bit of time to get over. And that's that's why a lot of what we do at One Even Beer is all about planning. It's all about preparation to actually deal with those moments before they happen, such as, great bit of advice, is 
if you're meeting that friend, is to tell them in advance that this is really important to me and actually tell them all the, your reasons why rather yeah, than, oh, I'm just not drinking this week. Yeah, yeah. That's not a big enough reason, right? That's like, yeah. Yeah, whatever. But if you actually take the time to phone them and say, look, this is really important to me. Look, I really want to catch up. Look, let's just have a buzz. Don't worry about it. I'm going to drink alcohol-free alternatives. We'll still have a laugh. But put that extra layer of preparation in because if you don't, as you say, you'll turn up, the excuse is a bit weak and it's like, ah, go on then. And suddenly you've slipped up and then you're disappointed with yourself. Yeah, but it's never the one. No, of course it's not, right? And and that's why I reckon 99.9% of people that come into this, we're rubbish at the one, right? And here's the thing about the one. If this is a drug, isn't it? So when you start to take it, all your senses and your emotions and everything start to go haywire. So you can't like manage the situation past that two drinks anyway, right? Because you're not playing on a level field. You're already, the odds are skewed against you massively. And of course, then you have three. And then it's game over, right? Then it's everything's yeah, out there. Any, anything, anything can happen. Well, I'm very, I am looking, I really seriously though, you know, having tried these periods of sobriety, and I've said to you, like, I don't really find it difficult, but I think that's because I changed my life to suit. So I will go for dinner very early with a friend, maybe that doesn't drink, and then I come home. Or I stay home a lot. And I'm looking forward this time to doing it in a way that I think would be how I would live an alcohol-free life if I wasn't just doing it four weeks to like fit into something. But it's to actively see professionally. I have a mental health platform. I'm out there talking about mental health. Yet this is the one thing that impacts my mental health that I'm not taking care of. Yet I meditate and I do yoga and I walk and I write. Yet the drinking... I'm like, well, it's good to see my friends and socialise and it lifts me up and we laugh. There's always a consequence with it. So that's next year. It's my big challenge. I, I'm going to, 90 days I really want to do, but I don't know whether you, I've got to start with 28 or do I just go with the 90? I mean, as you was talking there, all I could think of was the 90 because that is when you, and the reason I think the 90 is important yeah. because you can't sort of hold back your social life for that amount of time yeah. or you're, you're the work, you have to get back into, you know, the stressful moment, the business lunch or dinner, you know, the celebration, you have to go through it all. And if you can go through it all, you empower yourself through that process that you come out the other side and you go, right, I know I can do it. If I want to continue with this, I can, or I can go back to it on my terms. Whereas I think 28 days, you can sort of skew it in your favor a little bit. As you say, yeah, don't, don't go out it. as much. Yeah, yeah go yeah. to early dinners. And then you don't learn. And that's and the it's thing. January. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah. Sort of like lock yourself away, isn't it? Don't do anything with Jan. And then as soon as Feb comes, right, let's get back on it. And and now I say that often to people. And the danger of that is that you don't really learn anything. And all you actually do is reaffirm those limiting beliefs. You reaffirm that actually it is a bit dull not drinking because actually yeah. nothing happened in Jan. I locked myself away. Yeah, it was a bit of a crap month. Whereas if you go out and throw yourself into the action and go, do you know what? I've just had a great time. And I didn't drink and I feel brilliant. And I've got up the next day and I've gone for a run. I've gone for my walk. My mental health is a bit better. It's all about those wins in the moment. And I've demonstrated to myself that I've just had a massive stressful moment instead of turning to the to the knee-jerk glass of wine or bottle of beer. I've dealt with that with a clear head and I feel really empowered about that. Suddenly everything starts to change. And, and I think that happens with the longer challenges because it is about a mindset shift. And, and to hear what you said there is perfect, right? It's like, let's be excited about it go yeah. back into your your traditional, your sort of normal social life, as it were, but just with a different mindset of, I'm going to enjoy this, I'm going to see how it feels. It's only 90 days. You know, yeah. months, what have you got to lose? And, and also, as you said, I think in your position, 
there is that element of maybe it doesn't feel as congruent with this platform that you've got. Isn't it interesting about alcohol? Because it is one of those things, right? As, even as you said it yourself, meditating. And this is how I was. I was meditating, trying to eat better. I was doing everything you could possibly do, boozing, good and like destroying <laughs> all that hard work. But the, the alcohol was the last thing I ever questioned. Yeah. You know, I was happy to try and change my diet, happy to start meditating. Yeah. But the alcohol thing, no, that, that, you know, that wasn't going. But when it did go, it unlocked the meditation, it unlocked the diet, and unlocked yeah. the exercise, and all the good stuff started to happen. So, um, yeah, I think 90 days, go for it. What have you got to lose? I guarantee you come out the other side changed in terms of your relationship with alcohol. You might go back to alcohol, but you won't go back in the same shape or form. Well, that's my hope, and I'm going to be blogging about it. So I'm going to do a monthly piece. Oh, excellent. Our blog features, it's really interesting. When I post about alcohol, it is the A1 topic on which, on Instagram, we get the most interaction, the most questions, um, DMs, likes, whatever. By the same token, we also lose a lot of followers sometimes on Instagram when we post something that's about, you know, I, I try and come at everything from a non-judgmental stance yeah. because I'm not sober. I'm also not, um, you know, a doctor or a medical, you know, I'm just talking about my journey. And I have noticed sometimes when I post um, something about alcohol, we lose a lot of people. Now I'm not about growing the community and, and having an eye on those numbers all the time, but it's something I notice. And I'm not all about being alcohol free on our platform. So I thought if I write something once a month, Every month, I can look back at what I've achieved through the lens of being alcohol-free, but in my relationships, my mental health, my work, um, that's how I'm going to do it. Yeah, I I think that's a really nice approach. And even, you know, what we do at One You Know Beer, it's not an abstinence competition in that it's not about never drinking again. Rui, the co-founder, he drinks. Again, you know, in conscious control. It's about transforming your relationship. I think it's about turning off the mindless drinking. That's yeah. what we're all about, really. And having a break is one of the best ways to achieve that, in, in my opinion, if you know what I mean. And then I think that's exactly it. It's just to share what's going on. It's like, look, I'm doing this thing. I actually feel pretty good. Or, you know, as you report through your blogs. Yeah, or this week it was break. difficult. You know, I'd like to, you know, I'm sure there will be times where, you know, life is not linear. There are ups, you know, there's ups and downs. Exactly. I'd like to really sit with that. And be like, tonight is a night where I might have gone and like had a few when I felt a bit rubbish. Instead, I'm eating chocolate at home or something. I don't know. Or yeah. you know, going for a run or something. Yeah. And then on the flip side, there'll be moments when you're out socially and go, oh, my God. Like a lot of people that I used to actually think were pretty cool and quite funny are actually really bloody annoying. Oh, you know, that there's that element to it. Yeah. Like, oh, no. And you actually start to see yourself in yeah. those people. I know you would have been at that same point with them and where you used to think – you're having a great time. It, it often happens to me. I look at them and go, there's no way in a million years you're having a good time and you're just going to hurt like hell in the morning. There's all those sort of realisations and that's part of that sort of mindset shift, I think, is, is like immersing yourself in that world and going, actually, do I really want that? Nah. It actually doesn't look like it's all it you know, used to be cracked up to be in my head. So, I mean, you'll have a great experience, right? And that's the, that's the I think, the way to approach it. I've learned something different. <laughs> Throw yourself yeah. into it, see what, see what happens, you know. And there's no judgments, it's just like if it works and you're enjoying it at the end, keep going, or maybe change yeah. you know, your current relationship. Yeah, and that's a wonderful way to share the message as well because it's not pointing the finger or saying, Look, you've all got to do this in a certain way. It's just like this is my story, my experience, and share yeah. it. Which, again, 
ultimately is what the site's all about. And yeah. I think it's done so well. And then, so just on that note, actually, just to sort of wrap it up, before something else goes wrong, because I know my family have now come back in. I'm like, that dog, <laughs> we've had me not pressing the cord. In a minute, someone's going to charge him through that door. And go, I was waiting for that moment, like on the news, with the, with the woman <laughs> yeah, yeah. coming through. That's what I'm going to get. One of the kids is going to come storming through. Yeah. So, or, or the wife's going to be shouting over in the background. Yeah. But anyway, it hasn't happened yet. So let's wrap it up quickly before they do. So where can we find out lots more about you? Okay, so we publish something every Sunday at survivingsundays.com. So that's the blog. But on social, we're um, on Instagram is the main place that we are. So it's at surviving underscore Sundays on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at Survive Sundays. At Survive Sundays. Cool. We'll put all of this in the show notes. Anyway, I just want to make sure everyone... Um, know exactly how to get hold of you and do check out it's survivingsundays.com it's beautiful thank you very much yeah thanks very much and i'm sure we'll do more of this in the future Emma. It's, uh, well, been I'll check in with you for sure on my journey yes cool see ya bye for listening to the one year no beer podcast for a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself head on over to oneyearnobeer.com oneyearnobeer.com